Critical thinking is all about resolving problems. You know, if you get on your high horse and you think that you're right about everything, you will never, ever advance because you need to be wrong. You need to have a problem to solve if you're going to ever get better at something. So in 2001, I already had 17 years in this business. 2001, I had just upgraded from a pager to a Nokia or maybe a a Nokia flip phone, or it might have been a Motorola Razor, which I think made a small comeback. I was working my way towards a BlackBerry, which was really huge here in Canada, probably everywhere. I think half of people owned them at some point. I had the ability to send email electronically. That solved a lot of problems for me. What an achievement. That same year, I was evaluating dental clinics, not necessarily for sale, but for the value of the used equipment, because another guy would come and not want to spend all of his money coming out of school to start up a new clinic across the street. He thought he could buy some used equipment or maybe go into that old doctor that was going to retire. There was no value of goodwill. It was just cheaper to set up a new clinic or buy that location and equipment. So back then, the going price in Saskatchewan for a clinic was three months of gross income. So if you were doing, I remember a lot of dentists back then were doing 20, 30 grand a month. You would be paying 90, 100 grand for a clinic. You know, a really good clinic that was doing well might've sold for 150 grand. Many of the rural clinics in Saskatchewan, they just close their doors. They're like, well, I'm done. I think I'm done working. I'll tell everybody in a month from now, I'll be done. And hopefully another dentist will come to town. And even the towns were so worried about losing their dentist, they would pay to set up a clinic. They would open a clinic for you and give you that clinic as a gift if you would move to their small town. Can you imagine that nowadays? One of the largest practice brokers in Canada at that time, ROI, uh, I think it's Timothy Brown, wrote an article about the declining values and the horrible situation about the future of dentistry. There was a critical act of dentists that could affect healthcare in Canada was the, was the headlines. And he, I'm going to quote from the article that if we project these trends even further over the next five to 10 years, it becomes clear there will be likely a shortage of full-time dentists across Canada. In 2001, this article was written. This shortage may lead to lower selling prices for established clinics with combined and when combined with normal death, disability, and retirement rates. Assuming that a typical career of a dentist lasts 35 years, that 3% of dentists will retire from dental practice each upcoming year. This equates to 480 dentists per year based on roughly at that time 16,000 dentists in Canada. If we add the above-mentioned reasons for leaving the profession, we can see that the departures will begin to outnumber the entries. And then there's a table on my blog, which I'll put up at Dentistry Unplugged, showing how many dentists were enrolled in the fall of uh, 2000 for the next uh, four years compared to the amount of dentists retiring at 3% per year. We were looking at an awful projection in the year 2000 to 2005. It's interesting where we ended up landing here several years later. My Saskatchewan dentist friends, many who were just starting out back in the year 2000, never built a dental clinic with the thought of creating a business that they would later sell. 
They didn't think I'm going to get this location going and build it into a million dollar business so that I can sell it for two million someday. They were just thinking maybe I can generate enough revenue while I'm working. And if I can keep my expenses low enough, I'll be able to make a living before I have to close the doors. Look where we're at today. Clinic values have skyrocketed with low interest rates, corporate buyouts, supply and demand has garnered a healthy competitive market. My, how times have changed. And you know what changed it? It was critical thinking. There's a problem coming down the road. And what do we need to do? We were addressing it back in 2000. And maybe today you might think we have the opposite problem. I think it's actually a very healthy market right now. So everything is an opportunity. And what got me thinking about this is a book by a guy named Adam Grant called Think Again. And some um, some of my uh, uh, challenges this week with dental hand pieces. So reading the book by Adam Grant, Think Again, it made me think, my blogs are too long. I talk too much. If I ever want to re- write a real long, boring book and repeat myself endlessly, I am sure that I would succeed. And I hate reading that kind of crap. And I'm saying this out loud because when you admit to it, it's about humility. And I think that humility is the road to becoming better. It can also lead to poor self-esteem because sometimes I seriously believe that I'm not good enough. And I know we all might have that issue that we do we feel worthy. Anyways, as I'm reading this book, Think Again by Adam Grant. It's a great book talking about critical thinking and ways to become better. Instead of congratulating yourself and defending your position on certain subjects, it challenges you to grab a spoon of humility and swallow your pride. Being able to look at just how wrong you are is actually the way to grow. And it's learning from these failures that teaches you to pivot. It teaches you that what you were doing actually sucked and somebody is always doing it better than you. So this year, I happened to be the top rep in Canada. And I always think that I could do so much better. And I try to look at what I did do right and what I have done wrong, because there's always people there to tell you what you've done wrong, that there's opportunity to reinvent my swing and take it to another level. And so I throw out everything that I did to get to the level that I'm at. Well, not everything. I'll keep the things that work well, but I'll say, what else would my customers want? What would my patients need that I can't give them today? And in dentistry, there's a zillion different opportunities. Dentistry is not just a business of performing procedures on patients. It's an opportunity when you look around and you run that business of fixing challenges, the challenges that you have every day. Look at your materials. Yes, you're not working in a lab at 3M or Dent Supply coming up with the next greatest material, but maybe you are coming up with an idea or maybe you face a challenge. Maybe you wish that it didn't take so long to do that procedure and you decided to invent cruise control for that procedure. In 1957, John Borden from Dent Supply invented Borden tubing and a coupler along with a high-speed handpiece. By simply driving compressed air through a little air turbine with bearings, he was able to uh, put in a small little cutting burr and dramatically increase the speed by which dentists could work. 
The Midwest branded handpiece revolutionized high-speed cutting. Midwest carbide burrs today are still 50% of all the carbide burrs sold in North America. And it wasn't even until 1990s that we decided to start autoclaving these little puppies and they seized immediately. So the turbine idea was great unless they had to go through an autoclave, which suddenly became a thing. And technology, because of AIDS, we had to start autoclaving. Well, we should have been doing it anyways with all the other diseases, but we keep improving. Technology is so advanced now that we have a wide variety of quiet, efficient turbines that can be autoclaved many times a day and used several hundred times. You can torque on those little one millimeter or smaller bearings hundreds to even thousands of times over a life cycle that's getting up to three years at speeds exceeding 300,000 RPM. And with just a little bit of maintenance, they can last a long time. About a decade ago, we came out with electric high speeds. It was supposed to be the answer to the problems with air driven, which were always seizing and always breaking down. So instead of using a bearing, they used a, a gear driven system. But at the very end where you need that speed and you need that, that concentricity, they still had to use a bearing. You got to have a bearing when you're turning a wheel, a circular uh, motion. So they use a transmission gear and a huge advantage of an electric spinning motor was how precise and concentric it was. You could set a speed to 200,000 RPM and you could maintain that speed. It will stay there regardless of how much torque you applied to the, the drill. But it, that would also generate a lot of heat because in an air-driven situation, it'll slow down to the point where it might even stop if it's getting over-torqued. With electrics, you could generate a lot of heat to the point where you could be smoking that tooth. Even the FDA has now sent out warning about the use of electric hand pieces. Not necessarily how because of the cutting, because the materials that you're mostly cutting, you wouldn't get to the point of smoking the material, but the heads themselves can get very hot. These electric motors continue to turn the transmission even when the bearing is worn out. So because of the electric, even though those bearings are blown apart, it can still cause friction in that head. And proper maintenance, just like a high speed, extends the life of these little miniature bearings. So think of a, the time you're driving down the highway and you see a smoking tire on a, on a trailer bearing. There is smoke pouring out of that. And that is exactly the same type of thing. There's so much friction happening. That uh, bearing for that wheel that lets that wheel go around in a circle very quickly has a bearing on it. That bearing is attached to a transmission. That transmission is driven by the engine of that car and it is not stopping. So even though those bearings blew apart on that wheel, that wheel's still turning. Even though those bearings are all blown apart, now you're getting a heat buildup. That's exactly what happens with electric motors is the bearings start to go. You can hear it squeaking when your bearing is going on your trailer. You can feel it wobbling. And if you continue to drive, they're going to blow apart and you're going to have a lot more problems. Think of that with your electric hand pieces. When you have a heat buildup, it's time to send it in and get it ultra lubricated, cleaned out and maintained, or you're going to have a problem. So a handpiece technology, especially electrics, is really advancing. So the latest electrics from NSK is one company that I really like because 
They've incorporated smaller heads. They've balanced the, the weight of the handpiece. They've reduced the aerosols with a flip of a switch. They're offering warranties getting to two to three years now. They've added micro filters to prevent the water from plugging, which is generally a biofilm problem, which you should probably address. They've added titanium etched bodies for better grip and better sterilization. They've added...